record. We rolling? We rolling? We ready? I'm ready. Okay. All right. Yo, welcome to Sports Therapy Episode 8. It's your boy, Flimlow Raps, and my dog, KTO. Today, we're going to be talking about one of the oldest arguments in a book, NFL football versus college football. Which one is better and why? Also, we're going to probably talk about college football video games versus NFL video games. That argument got to be thrown in there because you can't talk about one without the other one. And then um, the Browns and the Bengals play. You know, we had really kind of a classic. Like, this is the game I wish we would have had on Thursday night. Um, but we'll get into that a little bit later in the episode. And then there was one other thing that we wanted to cover. What was it? The importance of like chemistry in a team versus talent. Boom. Chemistry versus talent on your football team. Which one is more important and kind of what's the, what's the ratio that you want to hit? All right. So kick back, man. We hope y'all enjoy this one without further ado. Let's jump in, bro. College versus the NFL. I'm going to let you open it up. Which one is better and why? Or just give me yeah. your whole, you probably got a crazy run Well, Go ahead. to kind of give where I'm coming from, I grew up in a college town, Boise, Idaho, home of Boise State football, and that's all we had. So for the first, I don't know, 15 years, actually like 18 years of my life, it was all about college football. I did not watch NFL. It was like one of those things where I played fantasy, I checked scores at church, and I called myself a Browns fan, but I didn't really watch the games mostly because it's like out-of-market games you don't really watch, and it would have been the, the Seahawks or the Broncos, which I just didn't care for. And there was always this narrative against NFL if you're like in a college town, and that is that, oh, it's not as passionate. The players don't care as much. They're millionaires. They're spoiled. They don't care if they win or lose. And that's something I believed in, truthfully, Like that like 90% of NFL players were like that. I believed that as a kid because that's kind of like what my dad thought and that's what people said. And, and it's just like, to me, that was true. You saw so much passion in college football and every win, like you just saw how hyped the players were in big games and stuff. And somehow, some way, every time I watched an NFL game, it felt like they didn't care. And they were always boring compared to college football because as a kid, you like to see the high-flying, high-scoring action touchdowns, big plays. And so because of that and Boise state putting up 50 plus a game, it's like, Oh, that's, that's football. <laughs> that's so fun. Yeah. And you know how we've talked about the Browns, their biggest issue is the emotional roller coaster. They go up and down too much. So that is such yeah. a college slash lower level mentality. And I think that's a big issue because mm. when you play football in like a big high school game or a big, any game, even college, the emotions of the game are so up and down because the team will make like a tackle and the whole team will go nuts. The whole sidelines jumping up and down. Yeah. And then, you know, someone takes a pick to the house and it's like the level of like, they're freaking out. Like it's the biggest thing that's ever happened in their lives. I, that's why I loved college football, but the NFL yeah, is so much yeah. more stoic. Like it has to be kind of even killed because Hey, the next play, they can pop you right in the mouth again and they can, anything can happen. Yep. So yeah, as a kid, to get back to the whole point of like the college versus NFL, as a kid, I was a college football guy, but now I'm an NFL guy because I appreciate the more surgical X's and O's part of football compared to just mm -hmm. the raw emotion and freaking out over it. Cause I think that's the big difference. If you want college, yeah. if you want like football emotion and intensity, college football all the way, go to the, go to college football games. It's the best atmosphere ever. 
for sports in my opinion. And then if you want like true, just like you're watching like a battle, a chess match, then you watch the NFL because it's the best versus the best. There's not that big of a difference in the talent. And it's just purely about like the schemes and all that kind of stuff. And it changes from week to week. Yeah. Anybody can be anybody. And I think college football has a bigger flaws than, than the NFL. All right. You can, you can go now. Damn. I did not expect you to say that. Cause like, I didn't want us to agree on this, but we did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think a lot of people might think it's the opposite for me and I'm not going to get into it just yet, but because of the video game side of it. And so everybody knows that not only in my opinion, but just, this is just a fact NCAA football game better than Madden. Right. Yeah. And, but when it comes to actual football, I didn't grow up in a, well, okay. I guess I kind of grew up in a college town, but we've talked about this. We're talking HBCU football, like a completely different, a separate thing from the college football that everybody, that all of y'all know and love, right? So I didn't grow up watching that that football at all. So for me, when I watch football, again, I'm watching with the announcers, usually on mute. Like only time I'll turn the game up is if, if I'm like in a big room with a lot of people, but if I'm watching by myself, it's like right, maybe right at the end when there's like a big moment. So that stuff's not really important to me. I watch football almost like game film, you know? So when you take all of that out, college football go way down yeah. because the biggest, like the biggest draw for college football, like you said, is the atmosphere and it's all the traditions and all of that stuff. I don't really care about any of that. It doesn't really mean anything to me. I don't, I'm not like judging it. Like if that's your thing, that's your thing. And um, I'm low key envious, but just because of the way I came up, it don't mean nothing to me. You know what I'm saying? So I don't really get anything out of it. So NFL has been the better brand of football for me pretty much for as long as I can remember. And like you say, it's the more mature form of football. Because usually when I hear people talk about college football, they talk about the the points, basically like the lack of defense. And um, then they'll say, well, anything can happen in college football. Technically true. Technically true, but you know how 99% of the games are going to yeah. go. You know what I'm saying? Especially if we're talking like any any of the top 10 schools. Like we pretty much know exactly. how it's going to go. And they're going to they're gonna build their schedule to play pretty much nobody for the majority of the yeah. year. And, um, you know, the way college football is set up, it makes sense. You know, and you can – there's also the argument that, okay, well, in college, every game means more. That's true until you lose one. Because once you lose one, no, none of the games mean nothing. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Whereas in the NFL, bro, you could start out one and three, one and four. If you could get on a roll and win like some important games, you can still shake back and go on to win, you know, it all. Whereas in college football, like you really don't have that opportunity. Once you drop a game, two games, that's yeah. it. That's the season. You know what I'm saying? So – NFL for me, definitely, definitely better. And since we don't disagree with this, I guess there's no point to continue no, to talk about there's, there, there's a few more points I wanted to add to the whole college football side of it. Okay. Go ahead. Go Just ahead. you talked about every game matters in the sense that until you lose one or two, the mm -hmm. big problem I have with college football is that it's what everyone knows. There is like a handful of teams who can win it le legitimately. There's only a handful yep. of teams. And I grew up a part of a culture where we felt like we deserved a shot. And we never got yeah. that shot, even though we proved ourselves time and time again. It was that whole yeah. one loss thing. It was like, okay, 
Boise State, you guys, you got to win every game. Okay, we did that. Okay, you got to win every game again. Okay, well, we won 25 straight and we lose one. And now we're like, we're just forgotten about. We want one shot. That's all we want. If you blow us out, if we play Alabama and we get crushed, fine. We know our place. But the fact that we don't even get that shot, I think is such a flaw in college football. And you talked about pancake schedules. That's the worst part of college football, in my opinion. Alabama goes against a team that we all know they'll beat by 30 just by running the ball. Every time. They could play their worst game of yeah. all time and win by 30. Yeah. So it's like... And I I have tried to watch college football. I try to get back into it so I can make more college football videos because people want kind of a mix of them. I tend to lean towards the NFL stories because I think the history side of the NFL is so interesting to me. But it's hard to get into college football now that I don't really truly root for any teams because when I watch, it's like what you said. It's the schemes and stuff. There's so many breakdowns and it looks so much slower and it just doesn't it's funny because people think it looks faster most people think it looks fast i think it looks faster because you watch a guy like on alabama who is a freak athlete <laughs> and he runs past the guy yeah. on chattanooga and you're yeah, like that guy is fast going against an 80 speed yeah guy. exactly yeah. it's it's like when i would play i was fast because I was, I was a state champion in track so when i was on the football field mm-hmm. going against linebackers and d-line i felt like i was superhuman speed like you if you asked yeah. me how fast i was i was like oh i'm like I'm the fastest guy around. And then you get on a track and it's much closer because it's like the the difference in talent shrinks. But yeah, I mean, to to turn it over to the college football video game side of it, because I know you wanted to talk about that. I I think the recruiting aspect of college football is flawed in the game itself. But for the video game, I think that's what it's just different. It's different. It's it's different. It's so it's such a good part of the game that it adds a whole new element to just not just gameplay. Whereas Madden, I I've never been able to play franchise mode seriously for a long period of time because it's more it's boring to me. Even like doing the draft picks and like offseason signings, it just seems like unless you have all the perfect settings to get it the way you want, it's just boring. And maybe that's the gameplay to me has always been bad in Madden. And I've I've appreciated NCAA's more arcade style video game, but just recruiting in itself, like the potential to build a team, especially you can do that whole like build a program whose you know D's across the board is so bad, and you can build them into like a five star caliber Alabama type school by just recruiting yeah. over years. It just yeah, it's that progression, and I think that's why it'll always yeah. rule better. It just sucks that the way things are now, you know. Yeah, for sure, man. Like. It it keeps things going because when it comes to team building in NCAA versus team building in Madden, I could rebuild a team in like one week in Madden. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I'm talking about one in-game week. Trade everybody, go get all the fast dudes out the free agency, boom. Like we're good, just like that. Whereas in NCAA, man, you start out with a one-star school, bro. It's going to be like minimum yeah. – three to four years exactly. minimum and if things go wrong if you lose like a close recruiting battle if you just don't know what you're doing you know what i'm saying then it might take five to eight years which is great because the longer it take for me to get to that elite level for me anyway because the journey is really what exactly. it's all about once my team get like really good and if anybody was watching my channel anybody that's watching this was watching my channel early on you know once my team get op i get bored and i 
make the sliders ridiculous and I, you know, I'm going to play one or two more seasons and then I'm going to start yeah. over with another trash team because just the process of building is so incredibly fun and um, secret. My boy f- like walked me through how to get the game to work on my PC like two days ago and I've been going ham in Dynasty mode recently, bro. And like, it's still fun. Like I'm still having a great time doing the same thing I've probably done a million times. Yeah. But I don't know, bro, going through that process, and I've recently been playing a lot of Madden too, which I've talked to you about, it don't even compare. Yeah. Like it's not even it's not even close, bro. Uh what what is the differences with the PC version if there is any? Or is it the same game? Um, well, I've got it's a couple small things. One, I can run at 1080p, 60 frames per second locked. Right. So I get a smoother. It's, it's basically if they would have made the game backwards compatible and I'd have been able to play it on my Xbox One, probably about what you would have got there. The dudes who do it have also gone in and they've like added new uniforms. They've changed some of the cleats. They've uh, even done like some stuff with some of the textures. It's a lot of little small stuff, but it does make a difference. Like once you kind of put it all together, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So in my opinion, it's it's definitely better than playing on the 360 like how many levels better yeah. it, it really just depends on, on what you think but for me to be able to do it on this same computer we doing this on right now like i got ncaa right here you know what i'm saying i ain't gotta hook up my 360 i ain't gotta go through none of that i could play on my good controller instead of my old busted 361 it's just nice it's like a nice convenience to have just to have it right here and yeah. like, you know get my games in and everything. is so is it multiplayer can you do it uh, Dynasty. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't tried. And here's the thing: the emulator that it's a PS3 emulator, and it's got a setting where you can emulate like a PSN account, which would allow you to get online on PSN, okay. and then you'd be able to theoretically do an online Dynasty. I just haven't tinkered with it, so I really don't know if it works or if it does work. How well? Okay, it works. hear me out. We get a Dynasty going with a bunch of YouTubers where we all do the same conference. There's like eight of us and we all do the same conference and we get all the teams at the same like D's across the board. Everyone has terrible players and stuff. And then we yeah. just play it out and we upload one game every or one or two games a week. And we have like a whole thing going, like the whole YouTube community is part of it. It'd be, it'd be fun, man. Like that's been offered. Like I've heard people say that a couple of times before. Uh, never really got off the ground, but it'd be fun. It'd be something that we could we could do. The one thing about NCAA, though, I'll say, like my least favorite part of NCAA is user games, bro, because the cheese is immense. But if you play by yourself, you can you could choose to not. You could choose like, like this cheese, I'm cool with this cheese, I'm not. But like when you play with like a bunch of people. Basically, what you get is everybody try hard into the max. And so that's when you start getting all your money plays and all your, you know what I'm saying? Your cheese, yeah. bro. And so, and the one dude that know the, you know, the glitch to get all the sacks. So you get 50 sacks in the season and start getting ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> like really, really yeah. fast. Yeah. I, I think that's true. But I still think, even with that being said, I think it could be fun. You know what I mean? It could still be fun. It could still be fun. But, anyways, you want to move on or do you want to keep talking? Uh yeah, we can move to the next right. one. Well, so you wanted to talk about uh chemistry versus talent. Yeah. Right? The whole reason I brought this up is because the big storyline today with the Browns is Odell's injury. 
Yeah. And it's not about how his injury, you know, like, oh no, it's like Odell's out. It's like everyone's talking about how the Browns got better without him. And a big part mm-hmm. of that is because of Rashard Higgins. You saw the plays he was making, number 82. Ridiculous. The thing yeah. is, all these all the Browns fans since 2018 have noticed something. That Baker has a connection with Rashard Higgins over every other player. They just have mm. like this, they know where each other like is what what each other's thinking, where Higgins is gonna be, where to put the ball. And every time he throws it to Higgins, it just feels like he puts it in the right spot and a place that only he can make the catch. And it's just incredible. It's incredible yeah. because he barely played last year. Or I mean, he's barely played this year, and he was like a guy who was not getting any game reps. Odell gets hurt, he gets in, and he's making big plays, and he becomes the first receiver this season for the Browns to get over 100 yards in a game. That's insane. so. It just makes you like, even though I've defended Odell so much, I just can't believe that. It's like, what is that? What What is the whole thing with chemistry where it becomes so hard with some guys? Like Odell's so talented. What, why is it such an issue to get on the same page with him? Whereas Higgins is not that fast for NFL. He's not that quick. He's not that physical. He's a small dude yet. He gets open and Baker puts it in the right spot for him every time. How does that happen? But the guy who's faster gets uh, more open on dig routes or whatever. It just, how can that not work out? You know what I mean? So that's kind of how I wanted to open up that. I, I don't even know. I don't even know where to go from there with that, but. What's your thoughts? That's interesting. That's interesting. I didn't know that he was the first player to go over 100 yards for y'all this yeah. year receiving. So has Odell been in like 92 twice? I, that might that might be wrong. I'm I heard someone say that. I heard an analyst say that. I think Odell had a big okay. game where he had like 90 receiving yards and like 60 <clears throat> rushing yards because right of there. that Cowboys yeah, game. The Cowboys. Um, yeah. I'm not entirely sure, but yeah. overall, it's like everyone like Landry and Odell will both get like four catches or five catches for like 40 yards every game. But Odell will get like 10 targets. So it's inefficient. He's only catching the ball 50% of the time. And a lot of the times he'll be overthrown or he'll turn the wrong way or something like that. But then this Higgins guy comes in, who's not as fast, not as quick, not as big or not, not, you know, just not that special of a talent yet. Every time Baker throws to him, it's perfect. What is that? It's weird. What is that? It's weird. I don't know. Like the only time I could think of something similar, I guess I remember, um, like think when Tom Brady was in new England and same thing with, with Peyton Manning, when he was with uh, the Colts, they get these guys like, Chris Hogan and just, just random Austin Collie who would just have Austin Collie who would just have like an amazing year all of a sudden like they always seem to be open they're always in the right spot and then I remember when Chad left us and he went to the Patriots now he wasn't quite as quick as he had always been but he was a hell of a lot more talented still than all of them other receivers that Brady had been throwing yeah. to they couldn't get on the same page. And, like, Chad barely even played after, like, the first couple of weeks because I don't know if he couldn't just get the playbook, but I really don't think it's that. I think um, the way – because I've heard him talk about it. The way he runs his routes, they, um, they're they not as precise as a quarterback like Brady might want. But he'll want you to run – take three straight steps and cut. Like, Chad, you know, he danced a little bit more. He set up the DB a lot more. 
you know what I'm saying? His feet are crazy, so he, yeah. you know, that's how he he gets open. Him and Brady couldn't seem to get on the same page, but I feel like they probably could, but Brady just didn't have the patience for it. I've never seen, I don't think, a situation like Baker and, and Odell. It's just like one of the weirdest things. I could ever remember seeing. And like you kept saying every week, like gonna get on the same page. They're gonna, and I was just like, are they? Like, you know what I'm saying? Cause um Joe Burrow was having a hard time hooking up with AJ Green, but it wasn't chemistry because AJ was just wasn't catching the damn ball. Like the the ball, not everyone, but most of them was on point. Yeah. He just wasn't able to come down with it. He wasn't able to to make those those more difficult plays yeah. um like he used to. So damn, bro, I can't think of another situation ever. Is there one that you, another one you can think of where there was a, a quarterback who had been playing well, one of the best receivers, they click up and all of a sudden they can't connect? Well, it, you know, Randy Moss going to the Raiders and it just completely being terrible. And then he gets traded and he goes to... The, who was the quarterback though? But all I'm saying is it's like when you have a talent, you should be able to get the guy the ball. All of a sudden he goes to a different system and he sets NFL records. Like that difference, that's, I was just trying to go off the top of the head, but just the fact that how things can change so dramatically, you can go like, oh, this guy's washed and then he can go somewhere else and instantly it works. Like, have you ever had a connection with a quarterback where you guys were just either just on and it just worked or was it the opposite where you just like, you were open, he never found you or he'd throw the ball when you weren't open or like anything like that? I never had that issue. Every quarterback I ever played with, I, I mean, it was, it was good. It was pretty. We'd practice, you know what I'm saying? I get a lot of extra practice in. We throw routes before and after. Just, I mean, the basic to me, that's like the basic, bare minimum stuff. If you try to get any work, we did that. And nah, I never had them issues. Never had them issues. Yeah. That one, I'm like, it's just, it's weird to me. And like, I try to think, okay, the playbook, but I'm like, Odell was still able to run a variety of routes. He got the ball. He got targeted a ton. So it ain't just like the offense. I don't know, man. It's a weird. It's I, weird. I know that chemistry matters for quarterbacks to the, his um, who's catching the ball, tight ends, receivers, running yeah. backs. But defensively, I think it's could be even more important with like guys trusting each other and where each oh, other's yeah. going to be. Yeah. I sure. think watching the Browns defense right now, I think there is such a lack of chemistry and a lack of trust all across the board yeah. that they it's like they've gone past the point of no return. Like they just, no one trusts anybody. No one can make a play and it's just hard to watch. And I think you can agree with like the Bengals defense is sort of in that kind of realm too. And I don't yeah. know what makes a good defensive coordinator as far as like schemes compared to chemistry. But when you see it, you see it like you watch. <laughs> yeah. Right. You, but you know it when yes. you see it. Right. And I, right. I, I wonder, I wonder how those guys, can improve upon that because I watch the Browns and I feel like almost hopeless watching their, them defensively. Cause you're just like, man, anyone but miles Garrett or Denzel Ward has to make a play. And it's, it's not happening ever. <laughs> you know what I think it, what, it, what I think it could be um, getting the defensive players to buy in. Right. And the way I believe you do that is one or two ways. Either one, you have a proven track record, be like a, you know, a top level defense that they're coming into then they'll buy yeah. in but if you got to win over a new team i think being able to evaluate what guys are good at and then put them in the right spots to uh for their talent to excel yeah. 
you know, I think that's something that create that trust. You know, you got everybody playing toward their strengths. Whereas, look at look at my team, right? Um, defensively, how many times are we gonna have Von Bell on the field on third and medium or third and long trying to check the tight end? How many times he's getting beat every single time, bro? And it's like. Now, when you put him in a game on first down and you got him, you know, rover around the line of scrimmage to go and stop the run, he's really good yeah. at that. But I feel like our defensive coordinator, he just kind of have people in places just asking him to do things almost randomly. Like he almost looking at their overall on Madden <laughs> and not understanding like, okay, no, this is yeah. the thing he does well. Let him play to his strength versus – I'm just going to put him out there. I'm going to call whatever defense I call, and they better figure it out. Well, they're not going to figure it out, okay? We're going to lose yeah. again. I feel like star players can either have a massive like boost to a team because then you get that like guy who maybe pulls players over so other guys get open, or he just beats guys, and it makes a big difference. But I think star players can be just as big of a detriment as their talent's supposed to be good. Like, it flops the other way. And I think in the case of Odell, that's a possibility because a lot of people are talking about how Baker looks so indecisive when Odell's out there because there is this overwhelming feeling that he's got to get the ball to Odell because if he doesn't get Odell seven, eight catches and 100 yards and a touchdown, there is going to be that, like, overshadowing of the game. Like, oh, well, when is Odell going to get involved? He's supposed to be this top receiver and that's that's what's so weird because Odell goes out and Baker all of a sudden doesn't look indecisive he's ripping the ball and he looks like a pro bowl quarterback like you saw the flip like he smiled on the sidelines and I almost texted you because I was like this guy is a whole different dude he's a whole different dude and when he becomes that dude it's like his mad rating goes up plus 10 like he just everything clicks and I think when he doesn't have to think about who to get the ball to when there's no longer a like, okay, I have to get the ball to this guy a certain amount of times. He just finds the guys so much better. He, he reads defenses so much better than what a lot of people who do film studies on YouTube and stuff say it just changes. And I think even defensively, you take some guys who are maybe great man on man corners or incredible at like, like Earl Thomas at what they do, but it doesn't fit into the scheme of what a coach wants to run. So if it's like, oh, we want to run zone defense, but you're a man-to-man corner, we need you to play some zone, and then it's like a loud guy who's like, I'm the best man-to-man corner or whatever, I think that can be just as big of an issue because there's guys who want to play their way because they know they're great at it, but then there's coaches who want them to play in the system because the system is better with everyone working together than it is you doing the best at what you do and everyone else trying to work around that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that just depends on the situation because most of the time I blame the coaches for that because I feel like why the hell did you you just went and got like a star shut down man to man court like let him do what he does and like figure it out like figure the rest of the defense out around him you know what I'm saying run well, like a is that fair a though cloud. to some of the coaches because if you look at like there's a there's always there's always like issues with the front office and the coaches because the front mm-hmm. office would be like we're gonna go get this player use him and the coach mm-hmm. is like. But I run this scheme. He doesn't even fit my scheme. They're like, we don't care. This is we're bringing this guy build around him. And you're like, I've got this guy to do this. This guy to do this. All of a sudden, you're asking me to make them do this. And I think that happens often, and why 
great coordinators can all of a sudden have a flop season because you bring in guys who don't fit the scheme and it can it can mess with everything. I mean, okay. How see if the scheme has been effective and you've been like going on deep playoff runs, okay, I feel you. Yeah. But most of the time that's not the case. And if that's not the case, to hell with your scheme, bro. Like you're a football like you get paid to do this. Just like re-scheme, like figure out another way to play defense. Yeah. There's hella ways to do this, to get the most out of this talent that you got because it just doesn't make sense. I understand. Look, it's I get it. The GM put you in a tough spot. He did. He messed over you. You know what I'm saying? But now this is the reality. This is what we're looking at. So I just feel like at that point you, you got to use the players that you have to their best Ability, especially like your top players, you got to shift the scheme. That's just my opinion. Like yeah. it, it doesn't make sense to run him out there if he a man corner and have him play zone and get toasted all year. Like who does that help? <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Like why are we doing this? What is the goal for you to show that your scheme is great or for us to win? Because I'm trying to win. I think that's what makes uh, Hall of Fame slash great level coordinator compared to a good coordinator. I think. I think. Every coordinator in the NFL, if they had the pieces they wanted, they would be able to win and be effective with those. But the great ones are able to adjust on the fly and run different stuff based on the players they got. Like you were talking about personnel-wise. Like the Browns do it all the time. They have the wrong personnel out there. They'll have B.J. Goodson out there, uh, the nine, number 93, the linebacker, covering a guy. He'll be covering like A.J. Green in the slot. And you're like, what? <laughs> what is happening? How does that matchup yeah. happen? Yeah, And then on like the Hail Mary, there's no one blitzing Burrow. And I'm going, I don't even know anything about we, defense. We and almost. it's like, if you blitz like four or five, as especially with Miles Garrett, Miles Garrett wasn't even out there. You blitz four or five with Miles Garrett out there, Burrow's going to have less than three seconds to throw the ball. And the receivers can't get down there fast enough. Yet yeah. you don't blitz, so it gives them time. It's like, it doesn't make sense to me. Sometimes schemes and personnel just don't make sense. And I think that's because... Some coordinators just can't make the adjustments. And I, 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 I don't know how hard it is to make those adjustments. I don't. I don't think it's that damn hard, bro. Like, I think if you're prepared, you know what I'm saying? If you prepare, bro, I said this, matter of fact, yesterday. I'm watching a game. Uh, this was earlier, maybe first half. We get in the red zone. I'm like, why Auden Tate not in? Why are we throwing a fade to AJ when he got the best corner on him and he's not as good as he was? When we could put Auden Tate, who's better at jump ball situations, and he's going to be on a worse corner. Let's get him in the game. This is what he do. John Ross, well, he was inactive yesterday again. But even for the games he's been active, he scored seven red zone touchdowns in 2018. He's really good in the red zone. Yeah. So even if you ain't going to use him all the time, if he's suited up, which again, yesterday he wasn't, but he was the three games before that. Um <clears throat> He need to be out there. It's like, so to me, that's just how I look at it. Whereas my coaches, they just, well, any of our guys, you know, it's next guy up. So who's ever up in the rotation at that time, they can all do it. Of course they can all do it, but this dude, he do it at a higher level. Even if it's just a fraction of, a, you know what I'm saying? Like if his chances are just this much better, yeah. I'm taking a better chances no matter what. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that can that could sway the game. Like that ball that was in AJ's hands, Ward knocks it out. If that's Auden, maybe he snatches that 
and we're not able to come down and yeah. you know what I'm saying like it just it's a game of adjustments of legit man. inches bro and Dude. so I just don't understand that from a from a strategic standpoint I don't get it I think I need to go coach because I want a better perspective on understanding adjustments because I think I have a, a an opinion on it that is flawed because I haven't been in that situation yeah. So it's hard for me to know how difficult that is because I've never been a coach at any level in football. And all I've known is being a player and watching the coaches try to make adjustments and being like, that's wrong. But I don't necessarily have the right solution, you know? So I think, yeah. I, I think I need to get involved in that way. It's actually something I want to do. I want to get involved with coaching at some point. But overall, man, just, just to look at like the Browns, I think, I think that the head coach they have now is the guy. I think that's the most important thing that I know I because he has done such a great job adjusting with injuries and figuring out how to make it work. Okay. Baker's not on. We'll figure out how to work around it. Okay. Baker's on. We will work with it. Okay. Chubb gets hurt. Odell gets hurt. Hooper's out. Okay. We'll put another guy and we'll figure something out. We'll put yeah. Njoku at slot. Like the adjustments made offensively have been so impressive. And then on the flip side, it's been so unimpressive defensively. And I think we can just like kind of turn this into the, the game at this point. First of all, incredible game. It Man. was it was an amazing game as far as just entertainment value. As a fan, I was both terrified and <laughs> I was incredibly excited. I screamed like a little girl when Peoples Jones caught that touchdown at the end. Oh, yeah. I could yeah, not yeah, believe yeah. that they took a shot because all I could see happening was Baker dropping back and taking a sack and them not. I can't believe we didn't pick that off. It was a terrible pass. It went straight through my DB's hands. I was like, oh, my God. He choked that. Because that was a pick. <laughs> That's <laughs> a tough pick, though. At the very least, it was an LB. I was say, at the very least, it was a SWAT. Yeah. But for him to not get a single hand on it, it was, I was like, you got to be kidding me, bro. <sighs> Overall, though, I mean, I, I thought defensively it was such a nightmare. And that's why I'm like, even though the Browns were 5-2, and two, I still am just – waiting for something to change. Like you, you know, that Sanjejo number 23, every time you see him, you know, a receiver's catching the ball. You yeah. know it every time yeah. like that goal line play when Bernard's running around on fourth and inches and you're watching Sanjejo and he like gets lost and like, he's so slow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, it's like, there's gotta be a solution. <laughs> How can this guy be a starting NFL safety? And then you're just looking at other guys out there and man, I mean, it's probably it's because of the injuries, like you know, Von Bell and Lashawn Sims, like the same thing you were saying. If I see them in coverage, the dude's open. Lashawn Sims got picked on. Baker literally only threw to he completed like twenty passes in a row. I kid you not, like thirteen of them was at Lashawn Sims, who is a backup, 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 backup because. Trey Wayne's our number one corner, or I guess that's our number two, and William Jackson, our number one, are both out. Yeah. So at this point, I understand this part of it. So I got to slide the dude that caught the pick, Darius Phillips. I got to slide him to the outside. He's supposed to be like the dime, but he's covering Odell now. You know what I'm saying? So you have to make those adjustments. And I'm assuming it's the same thing with y'all because y'all lost Del Pitt. Then y'all lose another DB? Y'all lost uh, Greedy. greedy. And they were already not that great. Like, Delpit's a rookie, so we don't know how good he was. And he was going to be the starter. So yeah. it's like, you can only assume that he was Delpit good or man. decent. And so they brought in the other guy last second. 
Like he was just a guy that yeah, y'all went up. grab. Yeah, and oh, then the grab Randy Harrison that was clutch. Yeah, and he's made some plays, but still, it's just the linebackers are so like Malcolm Smith's good. He's a great run defender, but pass trash. pass wise, it is. <laughs> Dude. We ran a screen, bro. Your whole linebacker court, the screen was Just to the right. Your there. whole court ran to the left. I was like, yo. Dude, dude, that game <laughs> like, was. What are they looking at? Dude, that whole game was Baker and Burrow playing well, but them just taking the defense. Like, you could just run a dig route or a curl route eight yards every time on the Browns defense, and it works no matter what. To be fair, though, Burrow did this every time he have time. If Burrow got time, I wanted to say my offensive line, bro. I mean, I know y'all got some pressure. I have Miles Garrett. Okay? Yeah, that's the only guy. But our line did a damn good job. And when they do that, Burrow go off like every time, bro. Yeah. Like every single time. It just but like, bro, I was super impressed with Baker. I wanted to talk about that real quick. Okay, go ahead. Because, bro, he was so trash in that first half. First uh, quarter. So, <laughs> half. He was but good he in the was second bad. quarter. Well, the only thing he did in the second quarter was those easy little bootleg roll. Like, I don't count that. Like, the way I look at football, I mean, they're, they're throws. You make them. But I wasn't – I was like, okay, any – like, literally any of the full quarterback can make that throw. But in the second half, dude went crazy, bro. He was making tight window throws, touch throws over the top. He was putting them, th- them joints in, uh, in tight windows. windows yeah. And then he was also playing smart and finding the, mismatch, the mismatches, which is whoever LaShawn Sims is, is covering. I damn sure ain't mad at him for that. That's exactly what I would have did if I was yeah. a quarterback. Where's the oh 38? He can't cover, like, he can't cover nothing. So <clears throat> Baker, bro, the dude, he balled out, bro. And he he really proved like I think a lot of people wrong, or at least kept him off his back for a while. Yeah. Because you you saw that old Baker, like that old fire. Yeah, the 2018 once, Baker. Once Odell went out. Yeah. Yeah. The th- the thing what sucks about the whole thing is even though Baker had 22 straight completions, franchise record, five touchdowns, all basically in the second half, and he was just on fire in the fourth quarter and had one of the clutchest last-minute drives ever that I've seen. From a Browns quarterback, that was probably the most clutch drive I've ever seen from a Browns quarterback. Even with that said, even with that said, it doesn't matter because – He's going to go against the, uh, the Titans. He's going to go against the Steelers again. He's going to go against the Ravens. And if he has another dud in those games, then you just go, well, great. We can beat the the depleted Bengals who are struggling. Barely. And barely beat them. I mean, that's not his fault. The defense was trash. Because yeah, that's, he, true. that's true. But that's true. even then, it's like the Bengals, Washington, teams like that. Yeah, great. You can play well against those guys. And that's going to get us, a, you know, Maybe we'll be a consistent eight and eight team because of that. But what happens when we play the big dogs? Are you going to continue to like feel the pressure in the pocket and try to scramble out and make bad plays and be indecisive? That's, that's the part that sucks. Cause I was excited yesterday. I was hyped. I watched the highlights back like five times because I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe Baker, how well he played. But again, it's like, he always plays well against the Bengals, like going back to 2018 and then, you know, games last year, his best game ever was against the Bengals in 2018. He had four touchdowns in one half when Hugh Jackson got picked up. And so this was the best game since then. And it's like, again, it's just. It don't mean, it don't really mean that much in year three. Like in year one, in year two, everything mean everything. Yeah. But like over time, like once you've done that, like if Burrow, if he only going crazy versus, 
you know, a couple bad teams two and three years from now, it ain't gonna mean nothing yeah. to me. Like right now, it mean everything because he's a rookie, so I don't care. Yeah. But also, he's looked to me like watching the games. It's not stats, but he's looked just as good in every game. The only time he hasn't been able to perform like up to par is when the offensive line offers zero protection. Okay, but just when we just get a little bit of protection, he always have shown that the dude's gonna be. Like, I think he's going to be, like, something special, for real. Yeah, dude. I think the way he – just the look on his face, like, he's so cool and calm that that's yeah. just – that's, like, franchise quarterback material. Yeah. And I really like that. He just stays kind of the same even if he's taking hits, even if things go badly. So that's awesome. And the, the way he's manipulating a defense already, like, that's the that's the biggest thing to me. It's like the way he's manipulating the defense already and the reads that he's making. Yeah. The, and, you know, my coach has done a much better job of drawing up some plays to get him some easy reads and some easy throws. Yeah. So he had more of those um, in the last two games, I think, than he was having yeah. earlier in the season. And that's helping to, to pad the stats up a little bit. But the dude just been so damn impressive, bro, reading the defense and throwing accurate, you know, catchable balls. Have you guys played Pittsburgh? He had, no, Pittsburgh's, they're going to destroy. Oh, my God. I, that, I, I just want to see him against Pittsburgh. I just want to see it. I know that's going to be he's tough. He's not going to be able to play. Like, yeah, it's not going to – like, to me, it ain't going to mean nothing. If he's running around for his entire life, the entire game, like, what can you do, bro? Like, you, you don't have a chance to do anything. Yeah. If it's if it's just decent, if he get decent protection, then okay, cool. But if every time he snapped the ball, there's a three dudes in his face – that's, that's not going to mean nothing to me. Yeah. Like, it's really not. Yeah, and I get that. It sucks. It's just a tough situation because you can't take him out at this point because he's the only chance you guys have to be decent. But then you don't want to ruin him because you don't want him to keep taking, you know, seven sacks a game. Luckily, when you play yeah. the Browns, it's Miles Garrett or bust. Because, like, the rest yeah. of the D-line just disappeared. <laughs> like, yeah. it seems like like Ogan Joby was great for, like, a week. And then uh, Sheldon Richardson's hit and miss. And then if Miles Garrett doesn't, get to Burrow or whoever we're playing in a second, then he's going to get the pass off and it's going to be a 10 yard down the middle. Yeah, no one so around. that one, maybe two plays that, uh, Miles Garrett makes per, per week. Yes. Yeah. And if we have to hope it's the strip sack, which he got, luckily that <laughs> was almost always, dude, is. that was a big play because you guys were going to put together a drive for sure. And yeah. it would have been like yeah, 14, yeah. nothing with like five minutes in the second. That would have been brutal. <laughs> Yeah, it would have, and it should have been like it could have been like twenty one nothing, low key, because when uh TB when Tyler Boyd comes across on that play, I'm screaming at Burrow, roll out. I'm like, bruh, please roll out right there, because I mean he could have just put more air under that ball, the one that got tipped and intercepted on like our three. Oh or something. yeah, that one. Um, if he, if he rolls out right there and just threatens to run. Now yeah. Denzel Ward got to do something. He can come down and I can easily toss it over the top because there's nobody else on this side of the field. Yeah, or he can stay back and I can run it in. But he saw it so quick. I like I'm looking at him. I say, damn, he see it. But he tried to play. He played it cool like Joe Burrow do. He set his ass in that pocket with a slight tilt this way, knowing it was coming open. He didn't see Ward, bro. So then when he comes and he throws that bitch, he yeah. don't put enough air under it, gets tipped, yeah. gets intercepted. I'm like, oh. <laughs> but, you know, it, as weird as this is, man, 
people were probably surprised. Like, and I told you this last week, I was gonna just make this mental shift. But like, I wasn't like I don't. I'm not. I've not been upset after these last two weeks because like we don't have a ton to gain. Like, I be wanting to win these games, yeah. obviously. You know, against the Browns, I want the bragging rights. It's division game. You know, then I could come on a pod and and yeah, you know talk. say we one and one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So it would have been nice from that standpoint, but just looking at how well my offense is playing, I can't help but be happy. Like I'm I'm legitimately we won five and one, but I'm like, yo, bro, I feel good. Like I really feel good about where the offense can go with just a few improvements. Now the defense, we got a long way to go. Now, granted, again, we was missing our top two corners, so we was maybe a little bit better than what we looked like, but we still yeah. We're not very good, and we ain't deep. So the second somebody get hurt, which is football, people always hurt. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it just is what it is. Like, the next man – oh, next man up? Yeah, well, the next man is trash. All right? So yeah. <laughs> that's a problem. We're so thin. So we got to continue to build that up. We got to continue to build up uh, that offensive line. Man, one thing I got to say, bro, uh, Gio Bernard, bro. One thing about him over Joe Mixon, like Joe is way more explosive, yeah. obviously. But, bro, when it comes to pass protection, like, man, he was picking up so many. Like, every time y'all sent pressure, Gio was, oh, he yeah, was sniffing it out, bro. Yeah. Bro, he was sniffing it out and just giving Joe that extra second, the extra two seconds to get it off. And that was leading to a lot of big plays yeah. that we don't get in a lot of games. So that's something Mixon got to get a lot better at because Gio can do everything. The only thing he don't have that Mixon got is the top end yeah. speed. Like once he get out in the open field, he get ran down every single time Love Gio does. But, bro, his pad, like, I mean, he can obviously catch. He's, sol he's a solid runner. You know what I'm saying? And his uh, his pass protection is just A1. Dude, that's, that's really one thing that, I feel like running backs don't get that that aspect of their game doesn't get talked about enough. Yeah. Like Nick Chubb is one of the best at pass blocking for a running back yeah. on top yeah. of his skill set. But you never hear anyone talk about a running back's pass blocking. But it's critical. You don't notice until it's not there. Exactly. I dude, the last time the Browns were on a on a on a run like maybe playoff potential 2014, I remember Isaiah Crowell making like the clutchest block I had ever seen. And it was like a game winning. It was like a very important touchdown. And yeah. I was so pumped because like I played running back and I had to make a couple of big blocks against guys who were way bigger than me. And you know, yeah. you're going to get popped, but you have to make that block or the quarterback's getting destroyed. And so yeah. when you make a big block, it feels just as good as making a big play, like a clutch block that leads to a big play. It feels good. And so I can understand yeah. why like O-linemen, despite never getting enough credit, can really enjoy playing. Because when, when you make a big block on especially a guy like, let's say, Miles Garrett, you make a big time block on him or you're playing well against him, that's got to feel incredible knowing oh, for his sure. skill set. For, for sure. I would for love sure. to – because I don't feel like I know enough about like the lines mentality, the trenches mentality, because like I was a skilled player and I'm, I was smaller, so I was just never involved with that. But – the yeah. me the mentality of those guys every play. I wonder what that's like. I dude, that's a that's you're right. I want to talk to an offensive lineman and really kind of get into like the mindset. Now I talked about this show. It's on the NFL Films YouTube channel or something like that where they do like the breakdown. Yeah, there's been some linemen on there. Like I watched Quentin Nelson 
uh, his breakdown, which was like 20 minutes, and it was super entertaining. And like, I just learned, you know, you learn a lot and you really get into the mind of them. So that's one thing I would recommend you can do like immediately. But also, we could bring like an ex lineman or a lineman on the podcast and ask some of those questions because. Yeah, that's interesting because we do both see the game from a skill player perspective. Yeah, you know, outside in, but the game's inside out, like truthfully. For sure. And so to get that perspective of even like a defensive lineman, both sides, there's a big game going there that we just don't understand. So yeah, yeah, that stuff is really interesting. I've been in a weird mental state because the Browns are five and two, but I am getting like these like. it feels like 2014 a little bit where the Browns got to six and three and they beat the Bengals on a big Thursday night. I don't, I, I doubt you remember, but it was like I a don't. big statement game for Brian Hoyer. And I'm not yeah. even comparing him and Baker. That's nonsense. But it was one of those things where they had all the momentum, things were working well. And then it just fell apart like such in like heartbreaking fashion that the, the true Browns fan inside me is just like, I'm always cautiously waiting for that to happen i hate it i hate that i feel that way but that's just how it's always been and so that's that's the that's where i'm at right now (laughs) and that's so funny because i'm the same way and that's partially why i haven't been as upset over these last few losses because when we went up against the Colts and when we started against y'all People said dumpster. Oh, y'all got this. I'm like, man, shut up. Like, have you have you ever watched my team? I'm like, yo, this game is coming down to the last second. Like, no matter what. Like, unless we go down, we'll get blown out. But if we get up, it's coming down to the last second right now. Cause we're not we're not there yet. What I'm trying to do right now, bro. I'm trying to see what's y'all's next like three to four games. We got Raiders got coming it. up yep. by week major bye week we needed that bye week texans who's up after that is it titans no y'all got raiders texans eagles eagles jags titans that is a very winnable schedule (laughs) this is yeah this is y'all have a great y'all got like the easiest schedule in the league agreed agreed this is a bruh y'all don't play nobody the only teams y'all play is the titans and the Ravens and the Steelers because they're in your division. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> like every other team, y'all got the Jags, the Eagles, the Texas, like the Jets, yeah. like the Giants. Like, yeah. It is incredible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's incredible, but it's still one of those things that's like, okay, the Browns can't stop anyone. So what if the Raiders put up points? The Texans, like Deshaun Watson could tear up the Browns. Uh, he could. It's all a better team than that. Well, yeah. If we lose to the Eagles, Jags, Giants, or Jets, then we're just bad. Like, we can't lose those games. Yeah. That should be a 4-0 right there. And that already puts us at nine wins. And so then you're just like, okay, there's one, two, three, four, five, no, uh, five games other than that. So you just have to go like two and three in those games. And you would be 11 and five. But even yeah. with saying that, it's like you're playing the schedule game. You can never do that because as soon as you do that, all of a sudden you have a stupid thing that happens in this game. And then the next game you lose, all of a sudden Baker's down and out again. They've went 0-2 and, and it's just things can happen. I And that's well, the Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's how you play. Like playing the schedule game, to me, like nothing is guaranteed. Yeah. But what I'm saying, when I look at the schedule, I'm like, okay, how many teams are we better than? How many teams are we worse than? Like any, like even if I'm worse than a team, we could technically still beat them. If we better than the team, they could technically still beat us. Yeah. But 
our chances are pretty damn good if we're top to bottom more talented and just a better squad. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And when I look at y'all's schedule, the majority of the, the teams that y'all are playing, y'all a better team than. The, now the problem is the two teams that y'all play that y'all ain't better than are in your division. So that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think I'm already thinking big picture like playoffs. I just don't know who the Browns could beat in the playoffs. And that's a silly question to ask because if the Browns get to the playoffs, it's a big win for the franchise. Big win. And so... Y'all get to the playoffs this year. I feel like it's almost free. Yeah, we'll see. It's been so hard for us that I I can't just say that. You know what I mean? Like The Browns haven't been to the playoffs since 2003. So (laughs) it's been a long time. I was a little kid. Yeah, I was a little kid the last time the Browns were at all relevant. Y'all need to be playing at a really high level at that time. Baker need to be hot. Everybody need to be healthy. And y'all need to get a good matchup. And it could happen. You know what I'm saying? I would love to see an important, like, the Browns could realistically win all the games but the Ravens and Steelers and Titans. And if they were to even go that far, that would put them at 11 and 5. (laughs) <laughs> and if you put them at that and say the Ravens and Steelers drop a few games, that would mean that that week 17 Brown Steelers matchup could potentially be like very important for playoff seeding. Yeah. And that just the thought of that, I haven't seen a relevant Browns game in December or November for that instance in, a lo- <laughs> in years. I mean, yeah. more than that, more than yeah. years. So yeah, it's exciting. I, I wanted to ask you because it's a roughly the halfway point in the season, just mm-hmm. overall what you've seen and we can go all NFL. What what is your, kind of your thoughts? What do you think is going to happen playing out going into the playoffs from here on out? I'll tell you this. The the teams I think are going to come out the NFC. I got Tampa Bay. Bears are in first. Are you kidding me? The Bears mean like I have no faith in the Bears. You know what I'm saying? Like none at all. They 5 and 1, good team. Had a chance to be really good, but quarterback situation, I don't trust it. Seahawks can't play no damn defense, bro. Like, the Seahawks, as good as they are, and Jamal Adams will come back. They'll be better. I don't see it, bro. The Packers, I think, are like – they they almost like y'all, like low-key, a better version in that they beat the teams they're supposed to beat, but I don't think they're going to win, like – any of their big important games, I don't think I think they're gonna get like beat down. Same way they did last year. So yeah, the Bucks, the Bucks over there. The Bucks are incredible, man. They have the number one ranked defense, I think. Yeah. On top of the fact that Brady's playing like MVP level caliber, like and he's on pace for almost hype, forty touchdowns. Man. Yeah, I said this on uh, I think on five them uh, damn on the dumpster the Bucks. Fire? Yeah, just like maybe <laughs> they was three and two or something at the time. I can't yeah. remember, but I was like, bruh. If you can't see the potential in this team and then, like, the maturity that they got with Brady at quarterback, like, they're going to be good late, bro. How crazy is it that the Patriots look like they're gone? Like, they look like they're done. Right now, they look bad. They look bad. And the Buccaneers look like the best team in the NFC. And they just got AB, which could blow the whole thing up. (laughs) (laughs) Or put that thing over the top. It honestly I ain't going to lie, it don't make a ton of sense on paper just because they already got almost too many weapons. Yeah. So, I Brady don't know. Brady will make it work, man. Yeah, I believe yeah, in Brady. it's like. One year, at least for one year, I believe. 
I would love to see it's. I would love to see uh, Kansas, Kansas City, Tampa Bay Super Bowl. But I think Pittsburgh is more likely because they're they're just a better, well-rounded football team. I feel like. You think Pittsburgh will beat uh, the Chiefs? If Ben continues to play well, if he can, yeah, being through like fifteen stay. picks yesterday, did you see that second half? He tried his best to lose that game to the Titans. No, I I didn't. He's playing like dog shit, like terrible. Late in the game. Like, bro, they had they was up by like 20. And between yeah. he threw, I don't know how many actual picks he threw on the stat sheet, maybe two or three. He threw like six. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. some of them didn't get caught. But just bad decision at the I was like, what is he doing? Like, I, so, I couldn't I couldn't believe that. Out of the AFC, what would you say? What what what's gonna happen? Um, Kansas City gonna win. I I have a hard time believing in anyone but Kansas City, Pittsburgh, and Baltimore. And even Baltimore, if they get down in the game, I think they just like even the Browns, if they get up on them, I don't I, I don't see them winning. I don't know if Baltimore could beat Kansas City. Like I ain't seen nothing from them that made me think they could beat Kansas City or Tennessee. Like, you know what I'm saying? Tennessee's a tough out. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they really are. So I don't know, bro. Baltimore hasn't been playing great as of uh, you know, recently. I mean they five and one and they Baltimore, so Maybe they could turn it around, but like playing at the level they've been playing at, they ain't coming out the AFC unless they figure something out. You know, I can't believe how many stacked teams there are in the AFC record-wise, and then how many bad teams there are. It's like a complete flip-flop. The Browns are barely in the AFC picture, and they're five and two. Yeah, you know, and that's like that's like one game out from being like the the Raiders and Dol- I can't believe the Dolphins are up there. That's pretty interesting. But the Patriots have been win. disappointing. But yeah, oh, I think a good way to one thing I wanted to ask you because we were talking about before, cold weather versus hot weather when it comes to football because it makes a big difference. And you look at the NFL and how teams play in August or September, October, and then it gets cold. Yeah, it starts to get harder to play. The wind picks up, snowfall. It's just a totally different game come yeah. November, December. Yeah. So I want to hear your initial thoughts on that, just as like how it affects the game and like if you ever had to play through any rough weather games. I mean, I feel like cold weather is for like those slow twitch athletes who growing up we would consider unathletic, right? We we you think that dude is unathletic because he's not that fast. He's not that shifty, but one thing about it, he never get hurt. He can run all day. You know what I'm saying? He's solid as a damn Ford F-150. F-150. F- F- <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what is it, something about this dude? And when he get cold, and now this fast twitch cat that was all loose, now he tight and he can't open up, that slow twitch dude just becomes an absolute beast. Like, the, the team with the better trenches – that I feel like kind of separates itself even more, and so really, funny enough, growing <laughs> up like that would have been like the white teams would have just been better than like the black teams in a uh, when it's cold. But when it's hot, oh, we about it's to over. <laughs> <laughs> we about to open up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah, that's kind of what it seems like. I've I've never had to play in, in cold games, really, because I play my high school ball in Mississippi and my college ball in Louisiana. So yeah. it really wasn't cold games. So I've, I've been in some cold practices, 
Because, you know, if it's early in the morning or late at night, when you say you cold, get that cold. <laughs> when you say cold, right. give me some probably numbers. Like, probably like 62. That's cold. 60. I hope you. I hope people are listening here, and you say sixty is cold. Yeah, probably, oh probably gosh. like that. Now, now to be fair, yeah. now ain't like I'm out there with a damn thermometer. Like I don't know exactly how cold it is. And the weather changed fast, so it ain't like I don't. I don't really remember. So I'm just throwing a temperature out that I think it kind of felt like. And then once that wind get to hitting you, it's cold, okay. bro. It's cold when you used to <laughs> running around in eighty five degrees. Now the flip side of that is. You walking around at 85 degrees, you about to pass out. Yeah. And the humidity, oh my God, it's choke slamming you. So, yeah, that's you know, true. that's the difference. You feel me? Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I hate the I think, cold. I hate playing in the cold weather, bro. It sucks. Dude, I grew up such a Big Ten football fan because I was like, okay, SEC has all the hype, all the athletes. Okay, yeah. you guys are so great. Come play <laughs> up north in the snow. Yeah. I dare you. Come, yep. play in the, come play in the north. It's a wrap. And you got that. You can have it. It's funny because I grew up and if the game, if it was like a 90 degree game, I was so nervous. It, like it, it made me more nervous. Like it, it amplified it. Mm-hmm. But it, when I walk out there and it's raining and it's like 55 and it's windy and I got like Under Armour on, everyone can see their breath. That's when I get, that's like, that brings like the energy out of me. I'm like on that game. And like uh, my, my, uh, the race that got me a scholarship for track was it was rainy and windy and I ended up running my fastest race that year up to that point. And so I don't know what it is. I, I don't know what kind of weird mentality comes out of me when it gets cold, but I know other people feel it because there's those dudes who walk out in the football field when it's snowing and they have like sleeveless Jersey on and they're like, yeah, this is my kind of weather. And you know, to look at the, to look at the best teams in the NFL, like especially I, I love AFC North football because of that. Because I, I love the idea of like a Browns, Steelers, there's a light snowfall. It's not on the field, but you just see the snow. You can tell everyone's cold. And it's like a grind like of, you know, O-line, D-line hitting. It's a lot of run plays. It's a lot of short passes. Not a lot of bombs. When it does, it's like everyone holds their breath. Big, maybe a couple big plays. But, oh, man, I just, that's the kind of football I love to watch. Yeah. I like watching it too. I just don't like playing in it. You know. What I'm yeah. Saying? You know what's funny? I, I remember last year we were talking about maybe going to a game, and we were looking mm-hmm. at. I was looking at Browns Bengals, and they played right around Christmas, and I knew it was like in Cleveland, or it doesn't matter. In Cincinnati, it would have been cold too. It was like going to be like 15 degrees. And the whole point of that trip for me would have been to see to how you would react me. to that. Have you yeah. ever even been in snow? Yeah, I've been in snow before. It's snowed, like, not, like, a lot, but it snowed in Mississippi, like, twice when I was growing up. You ever have a snow day? Mm-hmm. Because it's, like, a piece of, man, if there's a, if if there's there's a sleet on the snow, ground, we cancel get, everything, yeah. So it yeah, they don't cancel much. school where I'm from until there's, like, a foot of snow. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, just sleep, bro. That's so funny. Shut it down. Yeah. Shut everything down. But we also driving on, like, back roads, it's, like, the bus is wider than it's not safe. Dude, I don't know why I just thought of this, but it kind of pisses me off that there's teams that play in domes in the NFL because I feel like everyone should either play in domes or no one should play in domes because it, it, the vibe. Yeah, it's that's fine. It's just you look at like the Saints or like the Falcons every game at home. They get a play in that place that they've like 
just mastered yeah. how perfect it is. It's like no wind, the exact same weather every time. Yeah. And it's a major home field advantage. That's fine. Okay. Everyone gets a home field advantage. But you go up to like other places and the weather is constantly changing and that has a major effect on football games. I just feel like there's like a, it's like if you're playing a sport like basketball, everything's neutral. Everything's the exact same. So it's like, there's no advantage, disadvantage in different places. I feel like weather can have a major impact in football. I guess it just pisses me off that some teams get it better than, than others. Well, when it comes I, to that. I don't really see that because it's like, okay, if I'm the Packers, like I don't have to, like I could build a dome if I wanted to. Like I have the freedom to do that. But when when people come here, I want them to have to play in the weather. And if I don't want to have to deal with the weather and I want to build like a, a running, like a track team, like what New Orleans used to be, they kind of have morphed into something different now. Yeah. But, um, you know, then I could, my owner can invest in that dome, but the team, I like the fact that the team themselves, the owner and all of the people that make these decisions can sit down and make that decision. Like, okay, what do we want to do? Do we want to make guys have to come up here and play in the cold? Or do we want to, you know, just get everything perfect, get all the perfect elements for yeah. us? But you can make the strategic choice. And I'm, I would hate for the NFL to have anything to do with that. Like, yeah, no, it's not realistic. I get yeah. that. I think I think there's also an advantage to like you play in cold weather and you're used to it. Hell yeah! So huge yeah. advantage. That's what I'm saying. So you yeah, get the same advantage. Yeah, you can throw my point out. Yeah, when I gotta come play in the snow, you get the same advantage that I get when you have to come yeah. play in the dome. You know, so it's just I think, how do you want to play it? You can you can make your decision. So I like that. I get too wrapped up in in how people care about stats. Like I care about stats too much. I used mm. to care a lot more. Where it's like, oh, Baker only threw for 180 yards. He sucks. Like, that's silly now. Like, I yeah, realize that. Yeah. But I hate that so many people determine someone's ability based on stats. Yeah. And so you look at, like, you play in a dome and your passing numbers are through the roof. And you're like, that guy is so much better than this guy because of his stats. And you're like, okay, well, is he playing in swirling winds when it's 20 out? Yeah. And you, you can't throw the ball more than 20 yards yeah. without it getting affected. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just the silly point. That's that's just kind of a like little, that's like a grind that, your gears type of thing. The fact that that's a theme is why we can have, well, we can have like a Ben Roethlisberger. And I have to use him because he like the the prototypical big. Cold weather. Like he's the prototypical cold weather quarterback. Yeah. yeah there you go. And, um, you know, it's dope to watch, bro. Like I like being able to watch Ben Roethlisberger play quarterback. And then go and watch Drew Brees play quarterback. Like, and it's so oh Drew Brees. It's so different. It's, but like they're both great. You know what I'm saying? And which one of these is more effective? Honestly, probably Rottlesberger, because it's harder to it's harder to disrupt what he does. Yeah. Because his whole game is disruption. You feel what I'm saying? So it's like yeah. it's hard to knock him off his spot. So it's just it's interesting though. And then you get to see these styles match up at certain different times and like to yeah. me, that make it all just that much better, you know? Yeah, I think what makes Brady so great, too, is how well he has played in those cold-weather games. Yeah. Like, yeah. you talk about New England in January. Like, are you kidding me? That's It's like five degrees. And a lot of the times it's snowing. Yeah. And I think that's a big determiner of great quarterbacks. Like, Hall of Fame. Like, the difference between a Pro Bowl quarterback and the all-time greats is how well you play in different places. Environments. Environment. I can agree with that. I can agree with that. There's, I, I, I've, has Drew Brees ever played well in a cold weather game? 
I mean, I don't know, but I feel like that's rare. Maybe it's, it's just because that hasn't rare. happened that often. So probably pretty that's, rare. Yeah, it's interesting. Football's so great because of that. I, I think I get bored of other sports that are just controlled environments. Like when I made that comment earlier, I guess I would just want every game to be wet. Like the weather can affect it. And yeah. when the weather can affect it, it's just the same thing every time. Like you watch the Saints play. It's the same every time. And it's so <laughs> it's boring. It's incredibly boring. It is it's so boring. <laughs> put you to sleep boring. But it would be less boring or used to be less boring when they had a more vertical offense. Yeah. Like now... That is now like, it's just check down, check down, five check yard down. pass. It's, and it works because of like the environment. I mean, you would not want to throw the ball 50 times when it's, you know, wet. Because the, the margin for error, you know, I mean, is lower. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it's a good point, man. It's Last thing I'll point. say about weather is I think the Browns team is built for cold weather offensively. Yeah, I, I think the line is just built to run the ball and Chubb and Hunt are perfect for that. Agreed. And, you know, the tight ends with, like, the, the rollout and, like, quick passes. And, like, if the guy's wide open on, like, that, they do that play where it looks like they're rolling right, but he comes back left. That's kind yeah. of their signature play right now. That kind of yeah. stuff, I feel like that's built for – that's, like, December football. And that's, that's, that's the point. kind of stuff that can potentially be the reason why they can be successful going into the playoffs and the playoffs. That's we'll a see. good point, that's, that kind of got me scared about my team because we are passing We'll have to see how, how Burrow plays when, if he has to throw the ball a lot when it's cold. I think he'll play, I think he'll play great, man. He I, should. I, I mean, he's but from we Ohio. Haven't, we haven't had to see exactly. Like, he's you know from Ohio. Everybody, he's LSU. He was in, yeah. he was in That's four years. for a year. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't four years. Oh, no, years. not even that. Not even that. <laughs> it's like a so year. That's, that's a short so, amount of time. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he, he should be a cold weather dude. So, he should be good, man. I don't know. I'm excited, bro. I'm excited. Like it's it's weird. You five and two. You nervous as hell. I'm one and five, and I'm I'm like, I'm really excited, bro. I'm really excited, man. The offense, it just looks so damn good recently, bro. So good. at least you got that, man. That makes the losing progress because last little... year we was we sucked everywhere. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. You, you got to go down to the worst to enjoy, even when you're not your team's not doing well. Yeah, I'm just happy about the future. I'm a chess player anyway, so like, you know, progress makes me happy. And I feel like we're making progress. Good mentality. Yeah. I I think we're good then. I I mean. All right, yep. Cool. All right, fellas, man, we're going to leave it right here. Hope y'all enjoyed this episode, and we will catch y'all in the next one. Peace.